Summer is made up of approximately 42 days. And moms, I really believe your preparation and perspective for summer will make a difference. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Hi, moms. Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon. And one of the things we're trying to accomplish with this podcast is discussions and conversations and some practical guidance on a variety of topics. And summer is here, and I know that can be overwhelming to the single mom in so many ways. First, I wanted to just spend a few minutes talking about the idea of grief and the different seasons that we experience when we lose someone we love. There's the winter season of grief, and none of this has anything to do with the actual summer and navigating summer with kids. But winter grief, and we talked about grief being like a newborn, but grief also has a winter season. It's when the initial shock of your loss and this new season of life that you've encountered brings with it a coldness. But also, just like the snow over the ground is a picture of a beautiful covering, um, God's covering is over you in that winter season. And then grief will morph into what I call springtime grief. That's where you begin to believe there's hope that God will restore your soul and life starts to come back again just a little bit. And then the summer grief, sometimes you find yourself almost back at square one. That can be scary and it can be daunting when you're trying to move forward and you want to be all done with the grief process. And the summer grief brings with it, like summer days, intense heat. And often this is when the heat of grief starts to bring forth what I call dormant grief. It's those those things, those emotions that we kind of pushed aside in the early days because we did not have the bandwidth or the emotional stability to deal with different things. And now it's time. Anger, those unanswered questions, and even guarding against bitterness that can act like weeds in a garden, and they become enemies to our healing. But you'll make it through those seasons, and then you'll come to the fall season of grief. And just, we love fall, don't we? It's beautiful with all its color, and it's cool, but not freezing. And fall is just a good reminder that you will come to a place in your own fall season of grief where you start to bloom where you've planted. So that's just a little summary of the seasons of grief. But today's podcast is to just give you some ideas for navigating the summer days with children. Summer is made up of approximately 42 days. When you think of it like that, that's not very long. But summer can quickly escalate stress levels, making it more of a sanctifying season instead of relaxing. And moms, I really believe your preparation and perspective for summer will make a difference. 
Summer days with kids at home, especially little children at home, brings a dynamic that changes what you used to think of summer, where you had these lazy day experiences, just laying out by the pool or just reading a book or a slow morning. And when you have preschoolers and you have small elementary children, you're not going to really have that type of summer. Before the teenage years, we know for children, lazy isn't even in their vocabulary. They rise up early, they avoid naps at all costs, and they fight bedtime. But mom, you're the keeper of your home, and so you must manage your people, your place, and lots of other things. And the summertime mom often extends her normal role to become the camp director or the referee, or she's trying to control the noise, or she's now a summer school educator because you have to catch your kids up or get ahead during the summer. And you're always dispensing that fast food and those snacks for those kids who have a stomach that's a bottomless pit. We know kids are not created to exist on autopilot, and I know you want them to for just a few days anyways. But children need direction, they need guidance, they need boundaries. They also need fun and laughter and protected freedom. But there's a flip side to that. I also don't believe that children should be entertained 24 hours a day by mom or by friends or television, video games, or social media. And so communication of your expectations and a lot of intentionality will make the difference between having a delightful summer experience or one that is disastrous. So I would encourage you, we're right at the beginning of summer, with your children, discuss and dream and make a plan for summer that the entire family will enjoy and remember. Kick off summer with a brainstorm session. Give everyone a chance to share their ideas on what would make summer fun for them. Some things to consider would be, are you going to take a trip? Are you going to go visit grandma? And I know envy can really creep in. That's a weed we have to work on pulling out as single moms often. Because a lot of your friends may be taking that vacation you'll never be able to afford. Or they're, they're experiencing the 4th of July picnic and the fun family activities with a mom and a dad. And so you can feel really extra lonely when it comes to some of these things that connect with summer. But again, you are the leader of your home. And so there is a way to make this fun for your children. And it's possible for you to make it through summer. And it's a time that you will look back on with joy. Ask the question, how many of your kids are going to go to summer camp or vacation Bible school? That's a positive. I know some moms are afraid to send their kids to camp or vacation Bible school. The minute you get out the door, you've got to go back. Maybe you're you're required to work in Bible school if your children attend, but these are opportunities where God often works. This may be where your child may encounter an adult that God could use as a mentor later on in their lives. I remember I had a son that, um, I think he was in second grade, 
And so he went to vacation Bible school, and every day he was coming home with gift cards. His precious teacher at Vacation Bible School knew of our family and knew of our story. And so she was just intentional to bless our family with McDonald's gift cards for milkshake or fast food or whatever. And it was a blessing. But you know, the greater blessing of her doing that was it was showing my son that God was going to be provider as father to this family and as husband God often provides through other people, just through that simple gesture of generosity. And I remember when my first child went to summer camp, I was honestly a little terrified because I was afraid to send her off. She'd not left home yet. And so to be in an environment that was completely out of my control. But several things happened with the summer camp experience. She was around counselors and other adults who could speak into her life in a positive way. And it lightened the load at home a little bit. One less child is one less child. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but the load was a little lighter with one less child. And then you might consider with your children, what are some ways that we could take this extra time and serve others? Churches, communities often have ways, if you look for them, where you can serve someone else. And if you don't have a um, organized way to, to offer service, just look around your neighborhood or look around in your family. Maybe there's a grandmother who does live nearby. Maybe there's an older woman or maybe there's a neighbor who doesn't know the Lord and your children can just, you can figure out a way together that you can serve that neighbor. And then there's opportunity to try some special foods that maybe you haven't had time to try a new recipe. Well, the reality is, are you even trying recipes, right? As a single mom, it's hard to cook, right? But maybe this is a time for you to kind of get into the knack of and the groove of cooking again and try some foods, some different foods. See what your family likes. Is there a new activity that you could enjoy or a skill to learn or possibly a summer job for your child to consider? I know my boys, when they got, oh, probably right around the teenage years, an older young man started his own lawn business. And so he came and picked up one or two of my sons and he included them in this summer job. And so it was just a positive experience all the way around. I know, Mom, you want to tackle a project for sure. You'd like to paint a room. You want to organize a closet. But with little ones and the kind of carefree schedule, you're wondering if you're even going to get a chance to do that. I would definitely talk about that with your children, unless, of course, they're all preschoolers. Then you have to think through how you can get some of these things done. And what will an ordinary summer day look like? I had some non-negotiables, and I'll share some of these with you. Summers really need to be kept simple as much as possible. Allow your kids to play independently. It's a learned skill that takes time to develop, playing independently. And I know some really believe we're supposed to entertain our children or have entertainment for them all the time, but 
I will tell you, children are more creative if you give them some space to play alone. TV and social media are numbing agents, and they rob our kids of creativity. And I also believe they open the door for danger. I really do. And so allow your children, plan for your children to have independent playtime every day, whether that you're going to be outside for an hour, you're going to be playing Legos or Duplos in your room or together. They need that space. And then experience summer together, mom. Play with your kids. This is the time where you can really be intentional about playing with them every day. Every day, plan a time where you're outside playing with your kids or you're playing a game. These are the memories that kids will look back on. And I'm going to say another non-negotiable that I know might be controversial, but I really believe that eating together should not be optional. It wasn't in my family. So much happens around the table. And if you have children of different ages, you can relax on having a family breakfast hour, especially in the summer. And lunchtime can also be kind of a come and go, but I would make summer suppers a priority. If you have little ones, I would start the day together at the table as well because you can really slip in some good devotional teaching around that table. doesn't feel like they're being, um, they're having to sit down for a lesson or something because they're eating. So you can, you can speak into their lives and you can um, insert more than food, more than physical food into their hearts during time around the table. And one last non-negotiable, turn off the TV and social media. Please, it's so easy to get into the habit of sitting your kids in front of the TV or giving them an iPad or letting them be on their phones or whatever. And this is a whole nother podcast, but it's dangerous. It might take a weaning process, but it's worth it. It really is worth it. But how do you deal with a lack of schedule? I know by the time school gets out, you're so ready to be done with schedules, having to get up at a certain time, having to be somewhere, and having to get so much done. Now, for the working mom, this is a whole nother story and a whole nother set of things to consider. But for me, I don't do well without some kind of schedule. That's just how I am wound up. I know some of you just thrive on the joy of having six weeks of unscheduled and unplanned days. But a lot of us, and I really believe your children, do well with routine. So a balance is crucial for summer. Even though summer has a rhythm all of its own, some type of daily schedule might help with your stress level. It doesn't have to be structured, but I do think kids find security in knowing what's happening and in some type of routine. So this is what it looked like for my family when my children were young. The first part of the day in the morning is always the best time for learning. And you can continue some education 
even though class is not in session. Read to your kids. Read, read, read. Each child should have a book of their own to enjoy. And it's good for the family to have a book that they're enjoying together, a chapter book. I would, we enjoyed reading a chapter a day out of books. And then in the afternoon, quiet time when my babies were napping and those children who weren't in need of a nap anymore, they would have a book of their own that they would spend time reading. And I know you're not going to believe this, but daily chores are also helpful in so many ways. They give children something to do, (laughs) and it keeps order in your house, and it gives a balance of work and play. So come up with some chores. For us, we could talk a whole podcast on chore charts and all that, but with eight children and over the years, I learned that it was best to just rotate the chore chart once a week. So if a child had the chore of clearing the table, that was their job every meal all week. And then we would switch it out. If their job was sweeping under the table, they did that every meal all week. And the reason that proved to be an effective way of doing chores in our home was, for one, they had a week to perfect that skill. And then for the child that was maybe not doing their very best, and they were thinking, I am i don't need to sweep really good because my sister's coming along and she'll sweep. I could tell if they were doing a thorough job with their chore. And then in the afternoon, I really believe, especially when you have little children, a reset midday gives everyone space that they need and it helps you make it through to the end of the day. So when, especially when I had children that were napping, the house was quiet for at least one to two hours every afternoon. That was an, a real non-negotiable as well. It allowed the babies and the toddlers and this tired mom the rest that I needed. And if I didn't really need to rest, that's when I could take on a project. That's when I could sew or that's where I could... Um, paint or whatever. It, it allowed for my own personal creativity because full steam ahead, camp director and managing your children and orchestrating all the kids is exhausting. And it just helped my perspective. And I was a better mom if I had a break in the afternoon. And then once everyone had had this quiet time, The family did come together and enjoyed being outside or we'd go to the pool or the playground or whatever. We had that playtime together normally from like 3.30 to 5 where we did enjoy the summer fun. And then you have summer nights and they're, they're longer, right? Because the sun stays out longer and so this can be difficult because now your kids aren't going to bed at a regular, maybe 7.30, 8 o'clock bedtime. But if you have the right perspective and if you're prepared for this, it can allow for meaningful gatherings with friends and neighbors. And that can feel lonely, but you'll have to be purposeful and figuring out how you're going to do this. And you don't have to have a late night every night. Maybe figure that out with your kids, what's reasonable. And the only schedule that I really stuck to on the weekend, we didn't have a schedule at all most weekends, 
except for two things. Saturday morning, I called it Saturday morning cleanup. Before the kids were going to get to go out and play on Saturday, they had a Saturday chore. And this was something that wasn't in the regular chore chart. So maybe it was getting a trash can and a bag and and you're the one who has to go and clean out the van. Maybe it's giving the laundry room extra cleaning or the bathroom or whatever it is. But they had to do Saturday morning cleanup. They knew that was a non-negotiable. And then going to church on Sunday was also written into the schedule of their lives. And I guarded our Sundays. I grew up where we would go to church. And then I knew when I came home after having that roast beef dinner as a child, I could grab the comic page of the newspaper or whatever because I was going to be in my quiet place for a few hours while my parents took a nap. And I adopted that for my own family. I had more appreciation for why my parents had a Sunday afternoon nap. And so I did the same. On Sunday afternoons, it was our Sabbath, and they weren't allowed to go outside during that time. They were just encouraged to have a quiet afternoon, however they wanted to do that. They didn't have to sleep however they wanted to spend the afternoon. That's what they did on Sunday afternoons. But I would encourage you moms to figure out how you can make summer fun. Instead of dreading it or feeling overwhelmed by it or letting the loneliness of not having your husband and not having support, there's ways that you can still make summer fun. Connect with another mom. I had another single mom that we joined forces and we went to the pool a lot of afternoons and we would take a picnic dinner. We would take a bottle of shampoo, some body wash, because our pool had a outdoor shower. So we would let the kids use up all their energy by swimming and playing together. We would eat dinner, a simple supper together, and then we would give them showers outside in their bathing suits And we would each go to our own homes with a tired group of kids. And we did that a lot of summer nights. And and the kids had fun, and I enjoyed the support of this other mom who was doing life alone with her kids. You might dedicate uh, one or two weeks to what they call a staycation. I know everybody's familiar with that, but not just staying in, but again, give some time to maybe planning a week that you're going to adopt a theme that you can make it fun for your kids. Maybe you're going to focus on the miracles of Jesus. And so your meals and your activities, and maybe you'll even have some field trips around this topic. Or maybe you're going to talk about heaven. There's so many ways to teach on that subject. Maybe take your kids horseback riding and talk about Jesus coming back on that white horse. Or you could, if you're in the Atlanta area, you might take them to medieval times. That's expensive, but you could save up and that could be a special outing. Or you could go tubing and talk about the crystal river that will flow from the throne of God. There's just so many ways that you can be purposeful about making summer special. No, you're not going to have a themed week every week, but plan for that at least once in the summer. You could also, in your Bible time at night, and I hope you're having some devotional time with your kids before bedtime, 
Incorporate heroes of the faith into your summer devotions. There's plenty out there. There's probably plenty of men and women out there who were fatherless that you could find some of those heroes, not necessarily in the Bible, but I know there's a lot of men, great inventors, even some presidents who grew up without a dad. So maybe once a week, you're going to take one of those heroes of the faith and talk about them with your children. It's also a great time to introduce your children to legacy stories of your own family members, great grandparents or people they've never met. And They're part of their heritage. So maybe you take one of those special ancestors and you tell their story to your children. I think one of the things we really need to be careful of as single moms, and I hear a lot of talk about this, it's a real popular topic, and that's um, self-care. We do all need times of solitude. However, I do believe too much focus on self is dangerous. It provides that feeding ground for jealousy and envy, and it creeps in and it poisons us with a real selfish mindset. And I think especially as single moms, we we fall into the trap of demanding or lamenting that we don't have self-care. It wasn't even a thing back in the day. Moms just did the job. They got the job done. But I do understand that you need some space. I love, and you'll hear me repeat this here and there on the podcast, I love the phrase that we need to divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. And so I think that definitely needs to be part of your summer and a, a part of your life. It's crucial for all of us. And so As a single mom, you do need to incorporate some solitude into your summer. And I know you're thinking, how in the world can I do that? This is what worked for me. And I'm sure you all have plenty of ideas of things that have worked for you. I'd love to hear some of those. How have you found a way to have solitude in the summer as a single mom with a bunch of children? I remember maybe 18 months to two years into my journey, people were often encouraging me to go away and I couldn't imagine just going and sitting in a hotel room or sitting somewhere by myself without my kids. That was scary. And I felt that it would be really lonely and amplify this new season I was in. But my parents kept asking and offering and they were willing to help however they could. And so at one point I said, you know what would be the greatest blessing? Will you trade spaces? Would you just trade houses with me? I would love to keep my children in their same environment. But if you could step into my place and let me go to your home, it felt safe to go to their home. I loved their home. It was in the mountains of North Carolina. And so for several summers, they did that for me. It was an amazing gift. They came and they took care of my children. They made it so much fun for my children. They never made me feel that I needed to return home earlier than I was ready. And I enjoyed that time of solitude, time with the Lord, time to just wander down the streets of a small city and go into some shops. You know, I didn't like going to restaurants alone, so I would cook my meals and or I would bring food with me and 
eat them at home. And at first, yes, it was hard to be completely alone. But then I began to look forward to that time away. And as your children get a little bit older, you may have another family who wants to share their vacation with your kids. They might want to bring your children on vacation with them. I had several families that did this for my children, and it was a blessing. It was a blessing for that family because they had a friend for their own child. And it was a blessing for my children because they did get to go on that special vacation. I could never afford to take all of my children on. So those are just a few ideas of how to navigate your summer days. And I can't wait to hear how the Lord leads you in this. Enjoy them. Enjoy your kids. Have a routine or don't have a routine. But your perspective matters. And so rather than feeling alone and lonely and without, I would encourage you to consider some of these ways to enjoy a special time, enjoy the heat, figure out how to relax a little bit, and have fun with your kids in the summer. If this practical episode today has been encouraging, or maybe you picked up a tip or two or an idea that you can try in your own family, please let us know. A rating or review just encourages me personally as I'm putting content together for the podcast. I know it takes a few minutes, but I would really welcome your feedback. It would be encouraging. And if you know of another mom who is raising kids without a dad, please share this with her. I know she's looking for ideas. She's looking for maybe someone that could mentor her in this season of her life. And so I believe Titus, too, tells the older woman to mentor the younger women. That's my calling in life right now. So share that. And I hope you'll join us next week on this podcast, Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids. Fatherless Kids.